Good morning and welcome to The Breakfast Show. You are listening right across Australia on 87.6, 87.8, 88 or wherever you are on the Faith FM network. You are listening this morning to myself, Lawson, and also we've got in the studio for the first time on The Breakfast Show, none other than our good friend Brett. Brett, hey. thank you so much for coming in this morning and, and, and filling in. Danuta isn't currently with us, but you're here getting it done. Yeah, absolute pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Dude, we are so stoked to have you here. We've had we've had a few different people filling in throughout this week, as well as Danuta herself. But yeah, Brett, I just got to ask you, classic question to start off the Faith FM Breakfast Show. What are you grateful for this morning? What am I grateful for? Man, I think this week I've had some time with my kids, mm-hmm. which has been really special. We got to go and um, I've got two daughters. I've got a four-year-old <laughs> and a three-year-old. Oh, and we got amazing. to um we got to go and buy um, my wife's birthday present. Oh, sorry, Christmas present from oh, them. Oh, wow. Which um, I better not say on the air in case she's listening. But, how, do, um, how do they go, like your kids, how do they go keeping a secret? <laughs> not all that well, all the time, but we're, we're, we're working on it. So far, they've kept it a secret. <laughs> okay. Um, if I see I think I kept it a surprise, you know, I, I could just admit me at that age, like if my dad took me to buy my mom Christmas presents, and she started like putting the pressure on mm. to to get me to to spill. I would struggle. Like I would oh, I would yeah. start stumbling. So man, I, 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 if if they keep it a secret, <laughs> I mean we don't we don't have that long. It's it's just man, it's the twenty first of December. Yeah, this morning. So oh, so we're close. Yeah, but no, it's it's beautiful watching them think. Like to really intentionally think about what their mum would want for Christmas. Wow. And yeah, like just just to spend that time with them. You know, doing something for others, so to speak, and. Yeah, and and just to have time with my girls when I'm not busy with, you know, other things like study or work or whatever else. Yeah. Yeah, it's been really nice. Absolutely. Oh, man, that is so special. I'm actually looking forward to this afternoon, jumping on a train, going down to Sydney. I'm meeting my sister who lives down there, and we're we're doing our Christmas shopping for the rest of our family before we get together for Christmas. So, oh, good stuff to look forward to the holiday season. Absolutely. Coming up in today's news, we're going to be having some good news with Brett as well as looking at ooh, some some big things in the news at the moment. Mm. Some some well some cancellations on presidential proportions, as mm. well as having an interview with Jeremy Dixon about food and cooking and going through our Bible study, continuing the story of Esther. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. You are listening to The Breakfast Show this morning here on Faith FM, joined by myself, Lawson. We've got Brett in the studio as well. Also, uh, producer Pete on the decks, getting it done. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. We are going to have our first clue for the quiz or our first quiz question, if you can get that for us, Brett. Awesome. Well, the first question is, in the armor of God, what is the sword of the spirit? Ah, okay. Hey, simple one there. Mm. If, if you know the answer to this one, 0491-064-669. Maybe I'll give you a little hint. I just I just want people to get these questions correct so that, that they can get in for these amazing prizes. The mm. Armour of God, we're talking about talking about the book of Galatians here. That, that's where you'll find that information. So, hey, 0491-064-669. In the Armour of God, what is the sword of the Spirit? If you get that correct, we have two books that we are giving away in our prize draw on Friday. We're going to be spinning the wheel we've got god for us and god with us by james w gilly and they're basically commentaries on the book of john going through john chapter by chapter and seeing how it is you know, well highlighting essentially 
John's big focus, which is showing how it is that God has come down to this earth and has interacted with man, has lived, has died, has resurrected, has given his life to save humanity in the person of Jesus. And so it's a powerful book. Well, John is a powerful book. These two commentaries are powerful as well. We want to give them to you absolutely for free. All you have to do is get answers correct. And again, in the armor of God, what is the sword of the spirit? 0491-064-669. Brett, what is happening in the world of positively different news this morning? Well, quite a few things. I will just say one correction. Uh, mm-hmm. Ephesians is where you'll find the armor of God. Oh, Book of Ephesians? Mate. Um, I admit, biased <laughs> towards this passage, I used to do medieval reenactment as a sport. I used to like do combat, full yeah, metal yeah, stuff. Yeah. I love this verse. <laughs> Oh, uh, man, what a, what a mind blank. Yikes. Okay, cool. Okay, the book of Ephesians is where you'll find this passage. All right, mm. awesome. Okay, what's happening in the world of positively different news? Yeah, well, one really interesting one that's popped up is um, this story about a saddle in Mongolia. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, there's been a saddle unearthed um, dating to the 4th century. And unlike most saddles of that era, it actually challenges what we believed previously about how saddles actually work. Oh, okay. Um, so this is a saddle. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that this is to ride horses around, Correct. which would have been pretty important in Mongolia, getting across the vast open yeah. spaces to attack people as they were often doing. Oh, yeah, 100%. And, um, you know, the Eurasian steppe in general, like that's where mm. horse riding was was life. Mm. Um, you had to do it. And... Um, we, we previously assumed from a lot of the uh, pictorial evidence especially that uh, people just used either bareback or simple leather saddles mm. that were really just a leather strap to hold you on a bit better. They weren't built for comfort. Mm. Um, but this saddle is actually a rigid saddle. It's oh, built with like a wooden frame. Yeah, yeah and it, it's meant to actually... Um, shape sort of to the rider sitting on it a bit more mm. comfortably. I'm not a horse expert myself, I must admit. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, but... What it did is that it allowed people to actually um, engage in high-speed combat and sustained riding for longer periods of time without without pain and that sort mm. of thing. Um, and the way it all happened is what makes this particularly interesting. Uh, mm. It started with a bit of a sad event. Uh, in 2015, there were some looters who actually uh, they sacked a cave burial. They mm. went in, they took all this stuff, um, but they left behind this saddle and nobody had really known it was there. Um, now, it's assumed to be made from birch, and, um, yeah, the radiocarbon analysis dates it to the 4th century, which is pretty awesome. Mm. Um, but why this is interesting and why this is relevant is that the technology f- like this, we didn't think that these rigid sort of saddles came about until Middle Ages Europe. Wow. Um, but this, this actually turns that assumption on its head. It, it suggests that instead... Um, these things originated centuries before, wow. you know, like over 1,700 years ago, potentially. Wow. Uh, which is pretty crazy. And... Um, yeah, it allowed people to actually sit on their horses for longer, to go for longer without any deformities. If you're sitting bareback for too long, oh, yeah, uh, day sure. in, day out, it can actually lead to skeletal deformities. Yeah, for the horse, I can imagine. Yeah. Yeah, it's and just, for the person, right? And for the person, it's not comfortable, <laughs> man. I, I, uh, I've been, you know, riding my bicycle a mm. lot and riding into the studio. You pick me up from Kurumbong. So I've been mm. doing that ride on my bicycle. And I, man, that, that amount of time on a, on a bike seat yeah. is, is tough enough. It's <laughs> like, man, riding horses all day. And as you said, in mm. in the Eurasian steppe, a place with such wide open spaces, mm. there's just like this absolute need to be able to to travel long distances mm. as quickly as possible. But yeah, yeah, it seems that they really thought about it by by this time. Like they, yeah. they and they had some kind of comprehensive solution far before mm. 
historicists believe that they did. And what what that suggests too is that um, the the evidence we've seen of it in Europe. Um, it was probably impacted by elsewhere because ah. invaders were constantly coming from the Eurasian steppe. You know, yes. you had, uh, of course, the Mongols, the most famous, Genghis Khan. Um, mm. that, that was like the 1100s, though. So we're talking mm. a lot, a long time after this. Mm. Um, you had the Huns towards the fall of the Roman Empire. Yes. Um, you've had like the Turkic peoples. You had mm. the Cumans, people like that. You had all these people coming from the Eurasian steppe. And it's very possible, therefore, that saddle technology that Europeans used primarily for armored soldiers, right? They mm. used these, these rigid, um, speaking of the full armor of God, I guess they use these rigid um, saddles because it was more comfortable to sit longer in heavy armor mm. um, like this. But it looks like they got this technology from the Mongols. And I wow. guess spiritually, um, what that shows us is that um, our, our <laughs> the things we do can have far ranging consequences, mm. much further than we expect. You know, something that's found in a cave in Mongolia may have been the progenitor of modern saddles as we understand it today. Mm. And it makes you wonder, <clears throat> what can we do in our lives um, that can have a positive impact or, or a negative impact if we're not careful? Yeah. You know, so, yeah, it's worth, it's worth considering our impact and the things that we do that the impact might be felt ages later. Yeah, you never yeah. Know. Years and years and in, in this case, like, well, hundreds of years later, mm. in which they thought that, oh, okay, saddles came from, from this time. It also, <laughs> so I have a number of, uh, of, of, Asian friends and particularly friends from China, like very, very close friends from China. And, and the, my friends from China are Christian. And so they have a very, I, I would say a very balanced view of history, but mm. I've talked to some of my non-Christian friends from China. And it seems like everything's a, a the theory is that everything came from China. It's like every, <laughs> every advancement in, in morality or his, or, or, or technology or everything. It's like, Oh, you, you know why Italians eat, eat you know pasta right oh it's because it came from china like it's it's everything like everything you can imagine and so it's kind of a historical sense you know that would rally to this they're like yeah of course saddles came from asia because that's that you know china did it but i see that as more of propaganda but uh oh yeah but i i think that it's it's um, as you said, it's wonderful to see that. And it also shows us that our conception of what's happening historically mm. can be challenged, can be written, can be changed. And yeah. and I, I love that too. You know, it kind of takes my mind to some of the words of Solomon. Uh, There's nothing mm. new under the sun. Mm. Um, people back in the fourth century also were thinking, well, it's not good for the horse and it's not good for my butt if I just sit <laughs> on this horse. I should come up with a, some kind of solution to that. Mm. And they did. So very, very interesting there. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Um, and another story, just in the last couple of minutes, mm. is um, uh, this is a really cool one. Uh, mm. It's about this boy named Malachi Chavez in mm. America. Um, he's a five-year-old kid. Okay. Inspired by a bedtime story that he was read about a secret do-good group, mm-hmm. um, Malachi decided he really wanted to do good things, like in this book, for people who had no idea who was doing it for them. Mm-hmm. They just wanted to help people. And um, he was able to find out about this lady that his mother worked with, I believe, mm. who... Um, needed to go through chemotherapy. And there was mm. a, a deal set up where um, if for every thousand bottle caps, plastic bottle caps collected by Malachi, um, this woman would get a free chemo session. Wow. Which is pretty cool. And uh-huh. um, with the help of his church and community, this five-year-old boy, his idea, um, he was able to collect um, 12,000 bottle caps. Wow. Which meant 12 free chemo treatments wow. for this woman, right? And um, yeah. You know, chemo is pretty expensive in some parts of the world and, you know, it's yeah, not an easy well, thing for people to do. Especially in the US. Yeah. 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 So, you know, like that's a really cool one. Um, and just this this boy, this five-year-old boy um, doing this and making this decision um, mm. is pretty awesome. And 
it reminds me, I guess, of um, Micah, <clears throat> Micah 6.8. Yeah, classic. Um, where we're told, you know, to act justly and love mercy and to walk humbly with our God. That mm. humility that this boy's showing, you know, like he could, like little kids, I, I've got a four-year-old and a three-year-old, as I mentioned, they like accolades sometimes. Mm. But this boy is happy to forego that, like a little mm. kid being willing to forego all the praise, all the adulation, and just do good for other people. Mm. Like, wow, it's yeah. powerful. It reminds me of when Jesus says, you know, it's uh, we need to become as like children, mm. uh, because there is a kindness and a compassion there that you can see uh, that, that yeah. this kid has for this person in their community to say. Yeah. And I'm like, man, you're five years old. Does do, <laughs> how do you have a conception of what? chemotherapy or cancer mm. or life in, like at that age but yeah. it seems that he does and it's unfolded into this beautiful story where yeah. this person is receiving support as a result yeah 100%. so powerful stuff there you're listening to the breakfast show podcast on faith fm positively different you are listening to The Breakfast Show here on Faith FM. You're joined by myself, Lawson. We've got Brett here as well. Brett, can you get for us our next question for the quiz? Sounds good. Uh, what nameless yet famous woman from the Bible had five previous husbands and then lived with another man? Oh, wow. It's, I, I, I kind of... This woman's story is beautiful. Uh, but it's unfortunate that <laughs> you know, she really, the difficulties of her life were really dug up and everyone mm. knows that, but I think it's, it's a testimony to, to the goodness of God. But hey, what nameless yet famous woman from the Bible had five previous husbands? If you can identify essentially, you know, where she was and where mm. she was from, that's what we're looking for. So 0491 064 is the number to text, of course, our prizes for this week, God for us and God with us, according to John by James W. Gilly, getting into basically these incredible, well, this incredible gospel mm. and unpacking it. Would you, what's your favorite of the gospels, would you say? Matthew, Ooh. Mark, Luke, John. I go between Matthew and um, Luke. Probably yeah, Luke, Luke, okay. I love the historical sort of side of yes. Luke. Like there's a lot of background and everything. Mm. So probably Luke. Absolutely. And, and mm. Matthew, I think, is, is, you could say the most narratively it's it's very it's expansive but kind of it gets to its point whereas then yeah. see mark you know just short sweet yeah. john incredibly intentional yes and and that's why i think it's fantastic to study the book of john and why these books will be great for you god for mm. us by james w gillian god with us as well because mm. john is so rich uh, with essentially application of who Jesus is, who he was, why he came, and what he means to you today. If you want these books, again, that number is 0491-064-669. What nameless yet famous woman from the Bible had five previous husbands that lived with another man. You're listening to The Breakfast Show this morning, and I am going to be talking about, I, I said in the intro to the show, uh, cancellation of presidential proportions. Mm. Uh, now, this is regarding specifically to Colorado. And the state of Colorado, in which the Supreme Court of Colorado has ruled that Donald Trump will not be on the election ballot for the 2024 election, mm. which is 
wild. Uh, this is this is unprecedented. This is the first time we've ever seen this in mm. the history of the presidential election. Uh, and if we look currently at the polls of you know the projected polls for between Biden and Trump, uh, the majority of which are saying Trump's leading by three or four percent here or there, or they're even. Or there was one particular poll from Canadian Press which had Biden leading out by four percent, mm. but. The majority of polls are predi- uh, right now are sitting at a Trump lead. And yet the state of Colorado has said, if you are a voter and you go to the ballot box and you go to cast your vote, mm. Donald Trump's name will not be there. Mm. You cannot vote for him. Now, here at The Breakfast Show, we are not uh, politically affiliated either way with mm. Biden or with Trump. You know, the, we are Australian. We're not Democrat <laughs> or Republican or, or whatever it may be. Uh, and, and as well, you know, we've talked about Donald Trump before. I think, you know, I have some, my, my take on Donald Trump is that he is a Republican candidate that, uh, you know, he aligns with a lot of conservative values, particularly economically, mm. uh, economically under his presidency. The, the country was doing very well for people who were living in the United States can testify to that, particularly mm. versus the current Biden presidency and the issue with debt that they're going through and the, well, the skyrocketing debt that they have there and that what is it, every 90 days at current, they're adding another trillion dollars onto the national debt. This, mm. is, this is where they're at. And, and people are looking towards Donald Trump as maybe some, some hope in this particular situation. Simultaneously, mm. Trump also panders very hard to Christians. And I say the word panda because... You know, it's not for us to judge, you know, whether someone is or isn't having an experience with the Lord. But then simultaneously, in an interview during his presidency, someone came and asked him, hey, what's your favorite verse of the Bible? And he says, ah, <laughs> uh, that's actually a very personal question I don't want to answer. And they're like, wait, why? Like, And they just, they pressed him a little bit and he, he got really upset and left the interview. And it's like, mm. and, and I see moments like that and it's like, okay, you know, he, for a long time, he was a Hollywood guy. He he's now the president. He's you know on the conservative side of the end mm. of the spectrum. He's running as a Republican, despite your opinions on Donald Trump. Now that being said, the the big questions here is legally, did mm. Trump cause an insurrection? Because that is the basis for why they are not allowing him on the ballot. Yeah. Did he cause an insurrection? Uh, and and is that cause you know does that warrant him being taken off? the ballot. Mm. Those are the big questions. There. Yeah. Well, the implications of this decision are fascinating because mm. um, Colorado itself is already a Democrat-aligned state. Like yeah. It, it almost always Major, goes Democrat. widely. Yeah. yeah. Um, so this doesn't have any direct impact in and of itself, but there's, there's two possible impacts, I think, on both sides mm. that could be interesting. Either it starts an avalanche where more states get emboldened to do this sort of stuff, mm. or it goes federal, um, or... Uh, you mentioned Donald Trump, you know, economic. He's a businessman. You know, mm. any publicity is good publicity yeah, sometimes. Right. Or will this actually boost his campaign? Um, who knows? And this is what we've seen so far with the 2024 Trump campaign is that every attempt to impeach or imprison or whatever mm. it may be has actually bolstered his, his approval. Yeah. Particularly, man, when that mugshot came out, Donald Trump standing there holding a sign with his name on it with that like very upset, like not upset, but very serious, angry face. Mm. When that came out, 
His uh, his approval rating amongst lower socioeconomic communities skyrocketed. Mm. All of a sudden, they all of a sudden you have this person who isn't a politician <laughs> who's being persecuted, you know, from from the view from the outside, yeah. out of be, running in that position. And so, ultimately, I, I, I think it's very insightful what you've said there. It's mm. oh, if if one state is going so far as to cancel this guy off the ballot, then people from other regions will rally to to you know, vehemently vote yeah. and and support him in his in his legal uh well in his presidential endeavors. Mm. Now the interesting thing is that regarding the legality of this, whether they're allowed to do this. Now if it's found that Trump did cause an insurrection on January 6, 2021, if that's ruled legally that he did that. Now under section three of the the voting uh you know the, the legislation that they have there People and this was legislation that was set up in the time of the Civil War. Actually, mm. uh, if someone causes an insurrection or harboured enemies of the state, then they are disqualified from running, mm. which was very applicable in the Civil War because <laughs> that literally happened. You know, you had yeah. insurrection. You know, the attempted seceding of the South, insurrection against the United States, and it was basically to ensure that people leading out in that insurrection wouldn't find their way into office later down the line. Mm. That they that they put these laws in, which, I mean, fair enough. It's like they, they prove themselves to be enemies of the United States of America. Uh, but for, for Trump, the high court of Colorado, so, you know, uh, like these, another court, uh, a, a step down from, from the Supreme, the high court of Colorado had already ruled that it was, while you could say that Trump was to blame partially for the insurrection this did not affect his running of presidency mm. so that was the decision of the high court then the supreme court has overrided that decision ultimately and they've said no this will affect his presidency and therefore we have the right to say that he is disqualified from being on the ballot yeah. this is this is their their legal ruling now they have up until the 4th of January next year to finalize this. It will be stayed until that point. January 5th is when it is officially set mm. in stone, solid. Up until that point, they are letting it, you know, they're, they're staying it. They'll be receiving, you know, communication and considering and whatnot. Mm. But I think given the landscape of Colorado politically, I think it's unlikely that this changes unless there is federal pressure. Yeah. Uh, from the federal Supreme Court to to overrule this uh, this ruling because or, or it, as he said it could go the other way where federally uh, or in other states people start agreeing and we see this avalanche of, of people swinging yeah. swinging the other direction but I think what's particularly interesting here is that you know, the reason we talk about American politics is because America being the leader of the West the power of the free world uh, and being at at the moment, the most successful globalist power, when we look uh, in biblically and we look prophetically mm. at, at our future and we look at, okay, it will be a, a globalist populist agenda, mm. which will push forward and, 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 and start the events that we see that, that bring the world to, to its end, uh, mm. you know, the mark of the beast and a death decree and all of these things. Yeah. We see America, which is essentially or originally set up as the land of the free, you know, democratic mm. and whatnot, now succumbing to 
heavily uh, succumbing to a little bit of popularism, a little bit of, uh, of nationalism, authoritarianism, but mm. that is then reaching a global scale. It's very interesting to watch and we'll have to, to see, okay, how does this affect us globally and how does this affect us as Christians? Yeah. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. You are listening to The Breakfast Show here on Faith FM and you are going to get for us, Brett, our third quiz question. Yeah. All right. What plague fell on Egypt just before the death of the firstborn? Oh. It wasn't COVID. That's it what wasn't COVID. <laughs> it wasn't COVID. There wasn't a vaccine. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> that's awesome. What plague fell on Egypt just before the death of the firstborn? 0491-064-669. Again, that number 0491-064-669. We've got two amazing prizes which will be drawn on Friday. God with us and God for us by James W. Gill. Commentaries on the book of John. And again, what plague fell on Egypt just before the death of the firstborn? 0491 mm. Listening to The Breakfast Show this morning and on with us for an interview, we've got none other than one of our favorite people to talk to because we always, or maybe favorite, hopefully favorite, we always get hungry after he speaks. That's none other than Jeremy Dixon. Jeremy, are you there with us? I'm here. Good to hear from you. Oh, fantastic. Jeremy, we're so stoked to have you on because you know, we had you on talking about cookies uh, a little while ago, which was fantastic, and particularly as we're coming up to Christmas. But now now I'm thinking, okay, Christmas Day, what's the Ooh. deal? It's, it's coming up soon. We've got <laughs> to be ready, and I know you've got some insight. Yes, yes, my Christmas. Looking forward to Christmas. It's the most wonderful time of the year, of course. Um, but I suppose my first tip is, if, I suppose if you're cooking for Christmas or you're, I might be either hosting your family at your home or going somewhere else and taking your, your dish, if I've got a few ideas to help. Um, but I suppose the first bit of advice, and one thing that trap tra- I sometimes fall into, is you get focused too much on the food and not on the people. So mm-hmm. um, make sure you enjoy the day. Don't stress about it. I think there's some kind of saying, or I don't know if the Bible works, it's something like better a crust with some happy people than a feast with unhappy people. Mm. So uh, make sure you just focus on the people as far more important than the food. So uh, don't, don't get too stressed about the food. If it doesn't turn out right or not everything gets done, just focus on the people because at the end of the day, most people won't care. They'll be for your company. Okay, step one from Jeremy Dixon, renowned <laughs> chef. Step one, don't think about the food. Okay, okay, don't. All right, all right, sweet. Okay, so is there a step two or is that it? <laughs> what if the people get hungry? What do we do? <laughs> no, of course, that's a fantastic advice. And I think, you know, I, I've definitely been a part of the Christmas days where mm. it's coming up to Christmas lunch. And you know, I, yeah. I have three sisters and my mother and, and they're usually in the kitchen cooking. And I'm like helping out. I, I cook on Christmas too but they're they're in the kitchen and the stress levels are starting to rise and it's like hey guys you know calm down calm down but Mm. simultaneously it's like okay if we can get through that part well less stress having a good time what are we actually putting on the table jeremy cool so here's some here's some ideas and obviously i'm coming at it from a more of a a healthier vegan kind of angle that's and we still make some amazing delicious stuff and I think it's quite nice on Christmas Day. Often, you know, a lot of the family events I, I go to, so things can, things can be quite heavy, mm. very, very, you know, very heavy, very dense, very unhealthy. And there's a time and place for that. But, you know, doing something a bit fresher can sometimes be quite nice just to kind of go with that kind of stuff. So um, I try to generally keep things fresh if I can or add a fresh component to it. So, uh, so I've got a few sweet ideas that, that may work Christmas Day. 
The mm. first one I'm not sure if you've tried before is the watermelon pizza. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. I love this. This is where you just get a, get a watermelon, cut a big, a big, um, you know, big circle through the middle, cut a big chunk, cut it up into pizza kind of wedges, and then decorate it with like mango, pawpaw, strawberry, um, and perhaps <laughs> drizzle it with some cashew and pear cream. Um, on on top, so a really really great way to have a great dessert is the watermelon pizza, and very very fresh. Mm, of course, and, you know I feel like watermelon pizza. I always look at it. And I'm like, it's more about optics than anything else because really it is just <laughs> a fruit good. salad. Yeah, exactly. uh, <laughs> it's really just a fruit salad in a different form. But yeah, man, it yeah. looks cool like, at the very yeah. least. Yeah, and, and yeah, drizzle drizzle your kind of cashew cream on top. That kind of makes it look. Uh, Look the part as well. Yeah. Oh, and it um, tastes fantastic so, too. And it's also healthy and yeah, light, exactly. as you said. Yeah. I feel like it. If you eat something quite heavy, it, it follows that really well. Mm. You know, if you if you're jumping into some pav after that, or some some heavy cake, or Christmas cake, or fruit cake, whatever it may be, <laughs> man, it is usually a killer. But yeah, mate, some watermelon pizza straight after yeah. some some heavy Christmas lunch. That sounds amazing. Those optics can be so important, especially for kids. You know, mm. like like they've got to make yes, the food look good. Yeah. Um, another another really cool way of doing fruit is, is honey grilled fruit. Mm. Um, and this is where you basically you get your oven tray, then you slice up some pineapples, some bananas, some oranges with the skin on, some strawberries, blueberries, some pears, and you um, throw them in the oven and you grill them for probably around about you know five or ten minutes, depending on on everything. And they, it just really brings out the sweetness and the flavour of the fruit. Um, you probably want to let it cool and arrange on a platter, drizzle it with some cashew cream, perhaps some mint sprigs. Mm. Um, and it's just a really lovely way of having in, the intense flavours of fruit come out. It's just kind mm. of a different way of having them as well. Mm. Absolutely. And also, you just drizzle with honey or, or agave or maple syrup or something just to add a little bit of sweetness. So, so it's quite a fun uh, fun platter to have too. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. And uh, uh, and now, okay, so now we're getting into to territory of, you know, cooking something up and whatnot. And I, again, because I, I always – oh always eat too much at Christmas. We actually talked about this with our <laughs> mental health issue, uh, mental health expert, Jennifer Skews. You know, we talked about having some kind of boundaries on Christmas of not going too far, not going too hard because it yeah. can actually heighten the, uh, the potential, you know, of, of some interpersonal conflicts. Um, even just being, <laughs> being too full and just, you know, just getting annoyed and, 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 and a bit ticked off and some high, you know, even though Christmas should be really chill, it can be a bit high pressure for people but um oh man some some nice fruit like after you've eaten a big meal like i feel like you would just finish everything off perfectly and you'd be and especially sunny it sounds amazing as well uh amazing yep, yep. tasty healthy oh it sounds so good <laughs> now i'm going to go to the other end of the spectrum and after everything i've just said um here's quite a decadent dessert it's a raw one that's quite fun mm. and that is a banoffee pie oh yum um mm which is an amazing dessert. But here's a raw version for you. Mm-hmm. So I'll see if I can. It's in my uh, cookbook, um, cookbook four, if you want to look it up. But basically, there's, there's uh, four components to it. So you do a base. So basically, you blend up some almonds, dates, cashew nuts, and some water. Mm-hmm. And then you press that down at the base. Then you do your filling, which is kind of like your caramel. And that's like you blend up some dates, some peanut butter, and some hot water. Mm-hmm. So you get like a nice kind of oozy caramel slice. Then uh, a whole lot of chopped banana on top of that. Mm-hmm. And then make some cashew cream, which is like cashews and water on the top, mm. and a bit of a sprinkle of cinnamon or cacao. And that's kind of a raw version of a healthy, creamy, caramelly, banana-y, oozy, banoffee pie. 
Oh, <laughs> yum. Oh, how how long, like, for these raw recipes, how long do they usually take to put together? Um, well, the first time you do it, you'll kind of, it'll be uh, probably five times as long as the second time. Um, it's pretty quick. You just, you just um, all you need is a good food processor and the ingredients. So, um, if you said to me now, Jeremy, go and make it, I could probably have one ready for you in, uh, you know, five or ten minutes. So, um, oh, wow. it's just a matter of just going for it. Oh, and man, that's another thing in terms of reducing stress on Christmas as well. If you've got food that's tasting amazing, but you can make quickly, you don't have to slave and labor over for, for yonks and yonks. Dude, yeah. you are kicking yeah. goals. Exactly. Um, and to finish off, uh, better than ice cream. So I think I may have shared this before, but just to refresh it for people, mm. is you can make amazing, amazing, amazing ice cream just using frozen bananas and cashew nuts. Wow. So you get your food mm. processor. You have. Well, you, want, you need to pre-freeze your bananas, and the key is to take the skins off and chop them into like usable chunks. Put them in the freezer. You probably need about two days since like get properly rock hard. And so all you do is basically, in your food processor, put them in there, a little bit of water. Depending on the bananas, you might want a little bit of maple syrup or honey, sweeten it up. And then you basically blend it around, and it'll, look, it'll kind of lock around the bowl and look like it's getting nowhere. And all of a sudden, it'll turn into this beautiful, silky ice cream kind of a texture. Mm. Um, and then once you've got that ice cream texture, then you can either have, like, add some vanilla essence to make it plain, add some peanut butter for a nutty version, add some frozen berries, Add some mango chunks. So that banana, frozen banana and cashew nut base is kind of a great base for making many, many different types of banana. This like many different types of ice cream. And honestly, just take you'll be surprised how amazing it tastes. Mm. Oh, no, that sounds fantastic. Now, you've mm. talked about this before. I actually, I made this with some of my friends inspired by the previous talk that we've had. And I can absolutely concur like it is yum as like I love banana as it is already, but it really is just a matter of of mate, getting it blended up, freezing it up, and it just tastes so good. Um, so I'm just going to throw a salad in the mix here now. Mm-hmm. So this one is quite a cool Christmasy salad. It's a creamy raw broccoli and cranberry salad. Mm. And before we start running for the hills, it's actually really good. Give it a try. So the trick with it, if you're doing, ever doing raw broccoli, is to cut it really, really small pieces. So, sure. take, so chop it up really, really fine. If you really hate it, you can kind of just steam it for a minute just to kind of get that taste off it. Mm. And then you mix it up with some dried cranberries, some chopped red onions. Then you make a really beautiful dressing out of orange juice, lemon juice, tahini, salt, and some garlic. And then mix it through. It's just a really, that really colorful of the, the red of the cranberries, the green of the broccoli, the kind of the white creamy sauce. Throw some uh, chopped almonds on top of it, and it's a really nice, fresh, Christmassy kind of green and, and red salad. Mm, yum, dude. Okay, so we're we're getting into to salads here. I, I think usually you have the salad on the table with with the rest of the food, and I feel like the salad is usually the last thing to go. <laughs> uh, but but it, it sounds good because I feel like usually I think of raw broccoli, I'm like ooh, but creamy raw broccoli. Oh man, I I, mm. I feel like it would be it would be tasty, it'd be yum, it'd be easy to get down as a result. Uh, it, it would be more enticing um, being creamy. Do you usually do you pair that with anything? Is that like a does that go along well with a with another like savory type or something you could also um, bring out? I'd like, I'd like to see it. I'd like to see all, all um, trendy and chefy, but I'm not that um, that uh, that flash in that area. I think it just goes with most things. Just something fresh, <laughs> yeah. something else. Like, so sorry, I can't give you any more uh, <laughs> mis- poor Muslim uh, advice on that. 
Mm. Oh, awesome! Hey, we've got we've got a couple of minutes left. Is is there any other recipes you want to leave with us going into Christmas? Yeah, sure. This one I just um, just found now, just in, in the cookbook, next to the other one, and that is a, a really amazing one. I just noticed it's a tangy courgette slaw with Thai tahini splash, oh, and this is another good red and green and kind of colourful one. Um, and this is just amazing. So basically, you great. Do you call them zucchini, zucchini or courgettes in Australia? We call it zucchini. Okay, zucchini. So basically, you grate some zucchini. So you get two zucchini and grate it. Um, get one red capsicum or pepper and um, dice that finely. Um, and this is a, this is a kicker part. You kind of know is sun dried tomatoes. Mm. So get some mm. sun dried tomatoes. Get most of the oil off and get them slice them up really fine. And they have a really lovely texture. You want a half a cup of mint, half a cup of Italian parsley, and that's all your kind of really yummy kind of fresh kind of base. Mm. You kind of got that chewy saltiness of the sun-dried tomatoes with the real fresh moistness of the courgettes. It just goes together amazingly with the mint and everything as well. Mm. And the dressing is what brings it all together. So you have four tablespoons of tahini, a teaspoon of Thai red curry paste. Mm. So again, you wouldn't know it was Thai, but it just gives a nice bite to it. Four tablespoons of lemon juice, a tablespoon of honey or date puree, and a tablespoon of soy sauce. So you mix that dressing up and kind of splash it over that salad. And that's another really beautiful red green kind of color that you'll kind of try and just you'll love it. Oh, amazing. Man, we are ticking some boxes here in the studio this morning for people because I'm sure people have been wondering, oh, what am I going to cook? What am I going to cook? What am I going to cook? And uh, thankfully, we, you know, we record these and you'll be able to, well, the listeners will be able to jump onto the, our website, faithfm.com.au, and they'll be able to listen back to this. But Jeremy, thank you so much for joining us this morning, giving us some insight into these amazing, amazing recipes. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM You're listening to the Faith FM Breakfast Show Positively Different Radio Questions you need answered? The popular question of the day segment has moved. Lyle Southwell will answer every Bible question you have on his new time spot Thursdays at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Faith FM. During the afternoons with Shell program. So send your questions to info at faithfm.com.au or text us at 04 888 